Fullerton is next. Doors open on the left at Fullerton. How about Chicago? I could be there. Welcome to Foul Monkeys. This is Adam. And this is Jerry filling in for Ricky. Uh, um, you're listening to a gay podcast recorded both out of Chicago, Illinois, and Los Angeles, California. Love that sluts. Um Episode 941, um, we are fucking winging it today. Um, we're just going to talk about whatever comes to mind. It's been a weird week. I mean, I, uh, so I, you know, I'm on the look for a new job since there's no events or any kind of entertainment stuff. So mm-hmm. last week, uh, or a week before last, I heard from a friend that there was this, he was getting hired for this TV show on Amazon as a, uh, covid coordinating officer and i was like what the hell is that so i kind of looked it up and i found some stuff but on facebook i was like hey friends this is a shot in the dark but does anybody have any information on this and so a friend of mine privately messaged me and said hey there's this new role that they're going to set up with uh all tv and film it's called the covid compliance officer Mm -hmm. uh the guy that I was talking to is a big time producer here in Los Angeles. He said to look up this information. It should be really easy to find. It's a $50 course. So I was like, okay. So I found it and I took the test on Tuesday, had to listen to a two hour little presentation, took the class. Mm-hmm. I passed with a hundred percent. So I am certified for that. Yes, but then they were like, Hey, we suggest doing these other classes just so that you have more certification. So then I went on to the John Hopkins Bloomberg Medical School website, and then I took a six-hour course, and now I am another certification in COVID and contact tracing. So my brain has been filled with science, y'all. So much science in my head. Damn, Dr. Geraldine at your service. I know. It's weird, though, because a lot of it, the last kind of quarter of that last class was kind of geared toward uh, social workers about, you know, contact tracing and calling. And one of the subjects was like, what if you call somebody that has come into contact with the case and they're dead? What do you do? <laughs> I'm like, uh, you talk to their family. <laughs> Why do we have to be told this? Damn. But it just made me laugh because, uh, you know, they just, a lot of it was common sense of how you talk right. to somebody and, and uh, how you should, you know, be nice to them on the phone and don't get aggressive with them and don't be too passive. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, okay, you know, but a part of me was also like, I wanted to like the part when it was like, you have to stay at home because that's the rule. So stay at <laughs> home or you'll get everybody sick, which they were like, this is aggressive. <laughs> um, this reminds me, um, and I don't think I've ever talked about it on here. Um, the one time I got like semi-arrested in college, mm-hmm. um, I had to, as like part of the condition for my, cause it was, uh, I had to go before like a college tribunal or something. And it wasn't like I was like public drunkenness. It wasn't anything like, 
Which school was this? What? Which school was this? Undergrad in uh, Indiana. Okay. okay. Um, so the short version is that um, I had my car at school. I was a sophomore. It was the day I found out that my grandfather passed away. Mm. And so I was kind of a wreck. Um, I left class. And if you lived on campus, but had a car, you had to park like super fucking far away because all the parking on campus was for commuters. Mm -hmm. Um, Anyway, so I parked in front of my dorm room, threw my flashers on, went in and got like my suit because I had like everything in a suit bag or whatever. Um, And I was all like crying and like a mess. And I got a ticket for parking in front of my dorm room and just having flashers on. And it was one of those tickets, like, if you don't pay in three to five days or some shit, it, like, doubles, like, your fine mm-hmm. doubles or whatever. Um, and I knew I was going to be gone for, like, at least three days. Was so, this, like, a ticket for the college where they would just, like, hold your diploma or, like, a real ticket? It was, like, a, like a real ticket. Oh, okay. Like, I had to pay money and, like, it would go on my fucking driver's license or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to go pay it now. Maybe I'll explain the situation and get out of it. Like, I'm not going to just fuck with it. Like, I just want to go home. And so I go to the police station and they're like, um, total assholes. They're like, oh, what are you crying for a ticket for? Like, get it together, Nancy boy, basically. And I was like, yo, like, this is what just happened. You can go fuck yourselves. I crumpled up the ticket and threw it in the police officer's face and, like, went on a whole rant. And they were like, look, you're not, like, under arrest given the situation, but, like, you have to come to court when you get back. So because it was a college town, um, the the campus could deal with it or whatever. So mm-hmm. I had to go in front of this campus tribunal. I had to take anger management classes. <laughs> this is like this whole roundabout story because I had to take anger management classes online, which mm-hmm. is fucking stupid. Right. Because like, what are you what are you going to learn something? They were like, I I thought of it because of the questions that were common sense that you were saying. Right. Like one of them was like something about like you see a man with a cane struggling to cross the street and you're like at a crosswalk in your car. Like, what do you do? Or something like that. Like, what is your reaction? And I was like, obviously 50 points. <laughs> I was like, run them down. Like, what do you expect me to fucking say? Um, anyway, that was that my rem- story. That reminds me back in the day, um, not when they didn't really have online classes, but they kind of did. My uh, best friend, Melody, and her friend, Tracy, who's also my friend, they were taking German. German? German. And uh, they, so it was a class basically online. I, I, don't, I don't know how to explain because there wasn't really internet, but they had this class that was kind of recorded. And so how they based how you got a good grade in the class is you had to talk into the microphone you know, Scheiser, and then they were like, excellent, or whatever they had to say. Well, within like the first two weeks, they were, you know, doing it, and Melody said they weren't doing very well, but one day Tracy sneezed into the mic on accident, 
and the little odometer went all the way across and they were like, excellent. So for the rest of the year, they just blew really hard into the mic. And oh they, so they were like, they were like a hundred percent on all their German. And so they were like, oh yeah. So we got an A in German. <laughs> um, they taught Latin at my school like that. And I didn't take it. My aunt Nicole actually took Latin. And I think they like wheeled in a screen and there was like a teacher who monitored the class or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, she had some stories about that. And I think. I think she forced someone to make do their homework or something, or they like paid somebody. I don't know. She'll probably text me as soon as she listens to this episode and be like, don't be telling stories about me. You got it wrong. You didn't tell it right. right. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I took Spanish in high school. I took French in college. I was really bad at Spanish, but I also... Like, I went through a phase where I did not give a shit about school, and I was like, I'm a fucking rebel. Um, <coughs> yeah, I mm, that didn't really pan out for me, so I turned into a nerd by, like, 11th grade and cared about so, the shit. So did, what, did you do poor in Spanish because you got so aroused by all the pictures of the Spanish boys in the book? <laughs> <laughs> Look, um, no. I took Spanish because, so... At the risk of repeating myself, I was a year ahead. Right. So I took languages a year early. Um, Because I took them a year early, I wasn't in high school yet. Ah. So they they only had uh, Spanish or French, I think. I don't even Mm -hmm. think they had German. Um, But all the girls took French. And I had enough trouble with only having lady friends and being a full, like, homosexual that I did not want to be pigeonholed as another girl taking French so my ass took Spanish I was not interested in Spanish I was bad at it um and also I was in a phase where this was like shortly after I stopped talking like Beavis and Butthead because that was like a real phase for me um I got in so much trouble for that at school anyway um, and then I got roped in because I took one year of Spanish, so I had to take Spanish too when I got to high school. Right. And my teacher was a Polish man oh, named God. Mr. Wallenjevitz. And uh, Mr. Wallenjevitz awarded me with the Gringo of the Year Award. Nice. Because I was so bad at Spanish. But I also, like, it was because I was like, I don't give a fuck. I'm not doing my homework. Fuck it. I'm a rebel. And to prove it, I'm going to play Rebel by Madonna right now. <laughs> I was like such a fucking slacker for like yeah, two or three years. I, uh, I took French my junior year of high school and I liked it and it, it made sense for the most part. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it was uh, my senior year, French two was the same time as band and the one computer class you had. And I was going to quit band because I was like, okay, I've done this since the sixth grade. I'm bored they had combined the junior high and high school bands so it could actually be a band with enough people. So I was dealing with all the older people had left except for me. I think there was me and like five other high schoolers. The rest were like freshmen to seventh grade. So it was, it was just kids as far as I was concerned. And, uh, but my band director was like, please, please, please don't, you know, you don't quit. Don't quit. I was like, but I'm going to take this computer class or I'm going to take French too. And he was like, 
but if you, he's like, if you don't quit, I'll make you drum major. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And he goes, and I'll pay for band camp, you know, yeah, so you can go to drum major camp. So I was like, okay. So I did. And I had fun, but at the same time, it was a lot of, you know, telling the freshman first trumpet player, you are not the first trumpet player from last year. You're just playing loud and you're playing bad. <laughs> can you please stop just blowing in the horn so loud? Because that's what he thought it meant to be good is just to play yeah. loud. And, yeah. you know, we were kind of right behind or right in front of him as the clarinets. And I was like, Keith, stop playing so loud. Get your shit together, Keith. Get your shit together, Santino. <laughs> that was his last name. Um, but anyway. Um, I took French in college and I was really good at it. Um, but I think that's because I was like pretty pretentious in college. Mm -hmm. So that kind of like fits with the language. And um, we had to take, like most of the languages you sing in as a classical singer um, are French, German, and Italian. Right. That's what operas are written in or English. Um, so I had to take diction classes for each of those languages, which wasn't really about understanding. It was about learning the international phonetic alphabet. Um, mm -hmm. Which is useful. Like, what? Which is useful. Yeah, no, it's super useful. It's also useful for like learning fucking accents for acting. Right. Um, but you go in and you like mark your music and you're like, okay, this word means this uh, sound or what the fuck ever. Um, and for some reason I was just really fucking good at French. I sucked at Italian. Um, I was good at German, but people didn't like me to sing German because I have like a naturally like, <laughs> I was gonna say harsh singing voice. Um, but it's very bright and the term is ping like it has a lot of um like it has a lot of overtones like it cuts through um like an orchestra or a band mm -hmm. very well um so like i can't say it's harder for me to sing i have to really work on being legato like smooth mm -hmm. when i sing so french is naturally like that so i was kind of good at french um, German, everybody was like, yeah, you're fine at German, but you're like, your, your voice is very like bright and you hit shit very hard. Um, and then just Italian, I couldn't sing fucking legato in Italian to save my fucking life. So. Well, I don't know why I didn't take French in college. I, I think it was, you know, cause at my freshman year, they had a class or my sophomore year, but the teacher was an idiot. This guy named Chris Butler, he was, he was just one of those dippy dopey guys on campus that was a teacher and I don't know why I didn't take it I was afraid that I was like oh I didn't I I I, I uh it was too much of it was too long ago I won't remember anything I don't want to embarrass myself instead of just going in and going it's French one just take it again stupid I I just I, for some reason right. I was scared to take languages in college because I'd be like oh I'm so far behind right. um, from other people and I'm like think back about it now and think about all the gringos um and uh, other people that took these classes that had no, you know, background in right. it, they were probably just going to be just as bad as I would have been. But anyway, whatever. I can't change um, the past. Right. My French teacher in college was um, actually a French woman who was married to like a professor in another department. And her name was mm -hmm. Marie. And uh, Marie something, I don't fucking remember. Um, but she loved me. I took it with my best friend, Becky. And we, and yes, she has good hair. Um, hey, Becky. <laughs> oh, yeah, you met Becky. Um, she was at the wedding. Um, I miss her. I need to call her. 
anyway, um, I changed from music education to performance my senior year because I had a full panic attack in a piano skills class. Because I fucking, <laughs> like I hate the piano. We had this class and it was like super hardcore. I got a fucking B in it. I don't know how. Um, and I left my fucking final, called my mom, and I was like, if I have to do this like for the rest of my life and be a teacher and actually have to have these piano skills. Like, yes, I'll probably get better at it, but also I'll be so fucking stressed out, I'll kill myself. And she was like, laughing, kind of. Because Lisa doesn't play with drama. She was like, um, I'm going to need you to calm down. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Um, but she uh, she was like, it's fine. Like, if you need to change your... And I was a fucking junior. It was like my last semester of my junior year. And I was like, I can't change my fucking major now. Um so I just changed to performance and music ed had so many requirements mm -hmm. that I basically probably could have graduated in three years at that point, just right. as a performance major, because I had so many fucking credits um, that I just took a bunch of random shit my senior year. And that's when I took, I took French one and two. Um, I took fucking marine biology, I think that year. Gotta just feel that science school. major. Or I that science, uh a requirement marine biology was bullshit it was also an eight one class oh. and i was like i can't i'm still drunk <laughs> i don't care about sharks right now that was it like was our, ge our general physical science class thursday mornings from eight to twelve when we were sophomores and every wednesday we had a dance at my junior college so oh my, my group of friends always talk the night before as we were leaving the dance what time are we showing up let's do 10 and then all, all like five or six of us would show up and sit, you know, at 10 o'clock at the designated time. Our teacher would just oh, shake his head. He'd just shake his head at us. I was pretty responsible in college. Like I didn't miss a whole lot of classes or skip a whole lot of classes unless it was necessary. I got, um, I almost, so I have a piano minor. And <laughs> <laughs> Um, you were forced to have a piano minor if you were a fucking voice major and that stressed my shit out and mm -hmm. I also had this like super mean teacher for my freshman piano and she hated me and then eventually like it turned into like a love hate thing mm -hmm. where we would like it because she wasn't like my professor anymore um, we would like be like sassy with each other like after that class um, but she was a hard ass so that stressed me out um, but basically, they like had to handhold me through this minor because I was like, I can't fucking do this. I can't do um, this. Oh, God, it was so hard. But then I played French horn and I would played mm -hmm. French horn at that point for like fucking 12 years or whatever. Um, so I was competent. So I took band classes instead mm -hmm. of like having to do like some of my vocal requirements. Um, and so I had this class and I distinctly remember, and I think like, do you ever have those memories that you're like, oh my God, I regret doing this. Mm -hmm. And I was like an idiot. Um, so one of our uh, music theory teachers was a composer who won the Prix de Rome, which is a huge famous fucking prize. Like a lot of famous composers have won it. Mm -hmm. um, but, and he was incredible. He was in, extremely talented. Um, and we had to write um like a like a small piece of music for um two instruments like as a exercise in part writing kind of or mm -hmm. something like that 
So me and the chick who played the clarinet, we're going to play this like French horn clarinet duet that we wrote together. And he was like, oh, like French horn was my instrument. Like, I, I'm so excited to hear you play this piece. I'm like, I'm going to bring my horn as well. And like, maybe we can play some stuff together. And I was like, I'm not going to play with this motherfucker that won the Prix de Rome. And like, I'm like, and barely competent in French horn. Like I can, I can fucking play it, but like, I'm not any good. So I was like, <laughs> I'm sick. It was, and I like, I'm like, that what an opportunity that would have been. Like, even if I did suck, who the fuck cares? Uh, Adam. I know. When I, when I had transferred to the university, I found out, I think my first or second semester that if you, when you came in the book, the enrollment book that you had was the one that stuck because my first senior year, cause I had to go three years, my first senior year, the um, book changed and they added more requirements, you know, different, or did they took some out, added some in, but we were told you go by the book that you entered in that way. They don't keep adding stuff and you're going to college for eight years to get a right. bachelor's. So my our theater director kept trying to con me into saying, oh, well, you know, you have to take this class. And I'd be like, no, I don't. She's like, no, it says right here. And I'm like, yeah, but I go by this book because I, I came in 93. I don't have to take that as a theater management grad. And she did that the rest of the time I was there. She'd try to con me into taking classes. And I'd be like, I don't have to take that if I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I followed the list to the T. And I was like, I have no idea what my minor is going to be. And so I went to talk to a counselor and she goes, Oh uh, yeah, you need to take one more journalism class and you have a minor in journalism because of your associates in it. And I was like, hey. <laughs> there you go. So I took, I think it was like First Amendment law, which was kind of with journalism. And it was oh. just this brand new teacher. And uh, I think he had graduated like a year before I had gotten there. And then he got his master's and he got hired. And he was just so funny. And, my, and Melody and I would take the class and because we were smart, we would talk. It's just like sometimes he'd go, hey, are you going to turn on that report? Nah. You know, and he'd go, hey, are you going to do that? And finally, Melly was like, no, quit asking. <laughs> <laughs> but we still got bees in the class because he goes, you guys participate in every conversation. We never skipped it. And we were notorious for skipping classes we had no interest in. There was one marketing class that I took. I went the first week and a half and I didn't come back. <laughs> until almost the end because it was like just a, a variation of other classes the same teacher taught right and uh, I think I might have come in in the middle and he's like I was about to uh, uh your whole group is gone except for one we were going to put her in a different group and we're like oh well, we're back now you know <laughs> and but um, the only thing was is I was like well I have to ace this final so I can at least pull a C because if not I'm gonna get an F ooh. and then I won't get you know I won't graduate yeah. and I pulled it out pulled it out of my ass that's right. What was, um, like, I don't know. Like, I honestly, I don't think I know any of this about you. I'm sure we've talked about it before, but like, what was Dick like in the nineties in college? There wasn't any in Oklahoma. Not at all. Not even not in really, not really. No, not in my, not in my tiny little Southeastern Oklahoma town. There was, um, there was one guy that came, his name was Benny and we hooked up once, but he was like, in love with this other guy who brought him here, but that other guy was keeping him at a distance. And then I think when the other guy found out that he and I were flirting, then he, you know, was like, Oh, I'm going to be with you. 
so it was like a one-time thing and we flirted a little bit. And then I dated a guy for a month, my last semester, but mm-hmm. um, he just w- wasn't really my type. And, you know, I was like, you know, if you meet somebody else and you guys hook up or whatever, just tell me, don't lie to me. I was like, you know, it's not like, you know, cause I knew I was going to be leaving. So I didn't care. Right. So I had gone away to ACTF and he hooked up with this real crazy gay on campus named Christian and Christian was like certifiably nuts. And so they hooked up and then Christian called me when I got back and was like, Oh, I had sex with your boyfriend. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, Cody and I hooked up. I bet he didn't tell you. So I was like, um, Cody, did you hook up with Christian? And I said, he was like, uh, uh, I was like, you know, he called me and told me, you know, I can, I can accept a lot of things, but just tell me the truth. You lied to me. So we broke up. Uh, but that's about it. There wasn't really anybody else. There was the, the gay bar 30 minutes away, but, and it was, so we (laughs) called it the cha-cha, the good times lounge. It was just like, you know, sad Southeastern Mm -hmm. Oklahoma and North Texas, you know? Yeah soon to be meth heads and booger drag. And it was just not, <laughs> it was not, you know, you were not going to yeah. find a mate there. You were going to find friends, which is what I did. Yeah. So they weren't really getting dick. But when I moved to St. Louis, it was a little bit better, but I was green and naive. I didn't know, mm-hmm. you know, they'd say there's a bathhouse and be like, Oh no, I can't go there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How the tables have turned. And then I moved to New York and everything was thrown out the door. Just fucking dicks, a palooza. Just everything. Well, there was that bookstore uh, six blocks up from me mm. where I had most of my experiences <laughs> with men, with the men's. Your dalliances. And I was so nervous the first couple of times I went in. Oh. I know. I, I was super, the first time I went to the bathhouse in Pittsburgh, I was very like, <gasps> I'm only allowed to wear a towel. Oh my God. I was like, I, like, what the fuck did I expect? Like I was going to walk around fully clothed and then be like, okay, you, and then go somewhere discreet. I don't know. Um, I, so I had, I was very long-term relationship oriented in college, which mm-hmm. in retrospect was dumb because I definitely just wanted to hook up and explore shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a boyfriend basically my entire freshman year. That got ugly. Um, <laughs> that got real ugly. That, um, I definitely was like labeled of like a full skank. And like people were like, don't talk to him. He's a whore. Um, after that boyfriend. Were you a whore? Were you a skank? Um, no. No, not really. It was just, he was a senior. I was a freshman. He was extremely well-regarded. He had been the former president of the fraternity I was pledging. He was, like, kind of a big deal. The nicest fucking dude. Like, he did so much nice stuff for me, and I was not ready for, like, a nice person. Like, if you, like, Shit's Creek, I was Alexis, and I was not ready for Ted. Mm -hmm. And um, because he had so many friends and was so well-liked, when I was like, hey, I think I want to, like, fuck a bunch of other dudes... (laughs) It did not go over well. Um, And then, although, to be fair, we went to this party that was like this massive, so it was called a golf party. Do you know what a golf party is? No. So um, we did a, it was like a half course. So it's 
um, eight holes. This is so white. You go, (laughs) (laughs) um, it was, it was pretty white. Um, You walk to different houses and each house is a different shot. And Mm. then the last hole is like a kegger. Is your, is your hole. (laughs) Well, it was this one boy's hole at the end of the night because, so I got tanked. Like that was like the drunkest I'd ever been in my life at that point. And the point of a golf party is that it takes like five to 10 minutes to walk between houses. So you're not like pounding eight shots all at once. Mm -hmm. Um, You're just like, you take a shot and they're not like, you're not taking like Jameson shots. You're taking like redheaded sluts and like stuff that's watered down. So I was pledge class president, obviously. Um, And we were, (laughs) the pledges were supposed to walk, like they paid like five bucks or something. And we were supposed to walk them to all of the houses. Um, And I got to pick the order that the pledges walked people in. So I went last um, because I was the president and there was nobody left to walk. So somebody drove me to all of the stops. Mm -hmm. And so I did like eight shots in maybe 10 minutes. Got to the last one. Like it hit me. I was doing body shots of some off of some dude. Um, And my, my boy, my boyfriend, we were like, kind of on the edge of breaking up a little bit he was there he got mad at me for doing body shots off of a guy he got mad at me for um making out with his dude's girlfriend um and then he went home with somebody else who lived in my fucking dorm room so he was like banging some dude like two floors down while i was sleeping off one of the worst hangovers of my life also i threw up in my roommate's laptop oh it was the fucking worst um so very dramatic breakup, horrible. I And my roommate was out of town for the weekend, thankfully. So um, if you're listening to this, Brian, I barfed in your laptop. You never knew because I cleaned it with a toothbrush. Wait, <laughs> you got called a slut even though he, called, he took somebody else home and banged him? Yes, because I was very vocal about, I was like, I would like to have sex with other guys. And like, uh, I, I, all of our friends knew about it. He told everybody. And so I was like branded a hoe and people were like, well, you can't be mad at him for wanting to, for hooking up with this guy who was like, I want to say half deaf. His name was Kevin. Um, they were like, you wanted to fuck other people. So like he went and just did it first. So it's your fault. And I was like, what the fuck? No, like we didn't like come to an agreement or anything. Right. yet. I was just talking about it anyway. Then I dated a guy for like three years and he was also a voice major, also a tenor. And he used to be like, I got cast over him a lot, partially because I was a year older. Mm -hmm. And that matters when you're in undergrad. Right. Um, But he would straight up be like, oh, I'm actually better for this role than you are. Or like, I'm slightly more talented than you. And he would like put me down and shit. Hang at him. Yeah. You, you're just straight up trailer park girl. I was trash. <laughs> I am trash. No, I'm just kidding. Also, he's right. Ran- he's right. I don't have any talent at all. <laughs> um, I was like, mm, I'm pretty sure I would not get fully cast like five or six times over you if you were that fucking talented. Right. I mean, when reality finally hits you, when you're like, wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, mm, no. Um, 
but he ended up being a piece of shit. Also, turns out he's a home wrecker. Um, I ran into him at a show in Pittsburgh like years later. Um, and it would be hilarious if he's listening to this, but I found out that he fucked some married professor who was like 30 years older than him, broke up that whole ass marriage, and like a straight marriage? Now. Straight marriage or gay marriage? I think it was a straight marriage. Damn. I'm not sure. Yeah. And I'm like, look, I remember, and unless you picked up some skills, it wasn't that good. Dang. That that professor was touching dick in the park. Oh, yeah. Definitely. In the Fruit Loop. The Fruit Loop. Well, that's what <laughs> it was called in Pittsburgh. I know. But when I lived in St. Louis, apparently this some big donor, he, I think he was a donor to the opera and the theater, he got caught, uh, or he would, he would go touch dick in the park, and some some rough trade was blackmailing him and he had to come clean because he was being blackmailed for too much money and his wife found out. And so he would just show up, you know, all like, ah, you know, with the <laughs> wife leading cause he got caught, you know, touching dick in oh. the park. What a shame. I know. I, there, there were like rumors about some of like the Steelers, I think getting caught in the Fruit Loop. Could be. I think, yeah. Why'd they go to the Fruit Loop? They could have just gone to Club Pittsburgh. They don't have cameras there. I don't know if... I know, but if you're, like, seen going into Club Pittsburgh, and Club Pittsburgh was, like, in the strip, and it was, like, mm. not super, super discreet. Uh, My ass used to get nervous about going in. This uh, older guy that I used to fool around with a lot in New York told me one time, he swears to God that he saw Joe Namath at the... Uh, uh, at the uh, Continental Baths in, yeah. on the Upper West Side of New York, you know, like where Bette Midler played. He's like, I swear, the rumor was Joe Namath was there, you know, and he wasn't there just to see, it wasn't there just to see Bette. Yeah. yeah. I was like, all right. Mm, I would do it for the story. I mean, it could have been, it was the 70s, you know, 70s before everything went, you know, to shit, you know. Yeah. Everything was open. You could just go, I'm sure it was way easy to be discreet around there. You know, you just had oh. your your raincoat and your sunglasses and your hat, you know, to, to cover <laughs> up like they do in the movies, like you're a flasher. <laughs> oh, my God. I could not. I mean, I can imagine, but like, I don't think I could have been like under the radar back in the day. Uh, that reminds me that I just remembered. I remember I, I might have been like five years old, maybe six, but I don't think I was that old. And I don't know, the subject of flasher came up on television. And I remember asking my parents, what's a flasher? So they explained it. And my little mind was just blown. Like, <laughs> what? So they don't have any clothes on underneath the thing? And then they flash? And they were like, yeah. And then, so I guess it was a scene in a movie. And I was like, I don't understand. And so mom and dad mm -hmm. had to explain it. They didn't really not tell me things. So, but I just remembered like, wow. And I was like, have you ever seen a flasher? And they were like, no. <laughs> And I, I think it it might have gone when there was like a streaker. And so then oh, they explain yeah, yeah. the streaker and then a flasher. So right, right. Um, I've never been flat well, no, I have been like flashed, kind of, but not like a like a trench coat flash. Right. Um, I've definitely been out and like suddenly somebody was wagging their dick at me. Right. Um, which is sexual assault. Like, let's not like beat around the bush. That's it's fucked up. Um, and like, not 
there is there is a guy who I swear to God worked in my I think he worked in my building at, when I worked at Groupon. And because I remember seeing him a bunch and I think we had like the same train schedule and same train stops and shit like that. And I, if I could manage it, I would try to get in like the back of the train because there was all, like it wouldn't get too crowded and you could kind of mm-hmm. like lean a little bit or whatever. And so I ended up in the back of the train um, with this guy and it was like the fucking rush hour. Like people were everywhere. Um, but I was... Like, it was, like, two of us in, like, a smaller compartment. And I looked over, and he was watching porn. Gay porn. And I was, like, kind of, like, like, I definitely reacted. And so he took it out, and he was just straight up wearing, like, I've never seen it, actually, before in person. Um, But it was, like, a cock ring that Mm -hmm. was, like, near the head. Uh Uh-huh. Which I'm not, like, I'm not familiar with. Um, but yeah, he just fucking like, he took it out and wagged it at me. And I was like, I, I, I like, I'm not going to touch it. <laughs> like, we're on, we're in a public place. Like uh, we're on a train. Like they definitely have cameras. You crazy ass motherfucker. When I used to temp at world trade one morning and I used to get there early cause I used to overcharge and say, I got there at seven and left at six. <laughs> um, because my, my bosses got there about seven, seven thirty, So I would get there, but then they would leave by three three thirty four and mm-hmm. then i would i would give them enough time to get down and then i'd take off um so i'd get there early and this one morning you know i was standing with the pole and i wasn't leaning my head on it or anything you know i was just holding it half mm-hmm. asleep and all of a sudden i felt a hand just get in my crotch and just start <gasps> rubbing up and down and i was like and so i looked and there's this guy and he was kind of handsome and he was just just rubbing me off so i was like hmm so then I kind of moved my hand and did, did his. And then I didn't see him for about three months. And then again, I was standing by the pole and he just sidled up right next to me in front of me. Hand went right back into play. I was like, oh, hello. <laughs> I think I saw him like three times during that commute while I was there. And then I never saw him again once I stopped, once I stopped working there. And then once the building, you know, happened. Right. It's um like situations like that are fucked up i think in the gay community in some respects like mm-hmm. everybody expects um gay men to welcome that sort of stuff mm-hmm. like we're like overly sexualized i think a certain right way. um and it's different like in both situations where like i didn't necessarily like welcome it mm-hmm. and like you were like he's cute so like you let him mm-hmm. whatever and it also happens that I was 27 too. If it happened now, I'd be like, oh, don't touch me, you know? Yeah, yeah. But I was young and, you know, full right, of hormones. Right. And you don't really, I think a lot of, and we've talked about this on the show before, I think a lot of gay men go through like delayed adolescence because like I didn't mm-hmm. fucking date in high school. Right. I didn't figure shit out. And that's part of the reason why I had fucked up relationships in college, like I talked about, because right. I was like, oh, I don't think I'm ready for like one-on-one shit. Like, I need mm-hmm. to figure out what I'm into, like, what kind of dudes I like. I'm not just going to, I I have to figure shit out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had no way to articulate that. Um, but, like, I didn't tell that guy on the train, like, no, straight right. up. Um, but it's a situation, and I tend to sometimes freeze, I think, in situations like that, because it's happened a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and not to like, well, I guess I've already brought it down because I've been like, blah, 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 sexual assault. Um, <laughs> but it's happened a few times where I didn't know necessarily what to do and it wasn't welcome. Um, and I don't, uh, it, it like took a really long time to be like, that's not my fault. Right. Like these people don't know how to act and took advantage of me. Mm -hmm. um, I got, and I don't think, I probably told you about this like one-on-one. -on -one. Um, but do you remember when I got like super, well, actually I put it on Facebook. So it's not like it's a big private secret story. But right. I got sexually harassed on the fucking bus on my way to either, no, on my way home from Ricky's mm -hmm. um, after recording once. And it was, it was like the most uncomfortable I've probably ever been. Mm -hmm. um, it was fucking awful. And like, I could not get over it. And it still makes me feel gross. Um, but like, he was like a maybe homeless transient looking guy. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, and he kept putting his hand on my leg and I was like, ha, 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 like, uh, no, thank you. Um, but I should have, like, after that, I was like, you should have fucking punched him in the face or you should have been like, get the fuck off of me. Um, but it's hard to determine, like, you think that you're going to react one way or you're going to be like, no, I don't want fucking people touching me. I'm going to do this whenever that happens. Should this happen, right. I'm going to react this way. But when you're in the moment, it's like, what the fuck? Right. Um, when I was, I think I was a sophomore in college. I was still working at McDonald's. And this... Uh, was it the hamburger? No. Uh, but there was this shorter black guy that came in. And I used to uh, make fake uh, name tags. And I think at that point I was Oswald. And I may have actually told this story before. But this guy, he came up and he was... He wasn't being overly aggressive, but there was something about the way he was talking to me that was making me really uncomfortable. And mm -hmm. at this point, I had given one blow job, but I was not really out. I kind of knew how everything was going. But I think at this point, I was even dating a girl. Um, mm -hmm. It might have even been freshman year. Mm -hmm. uh, so he just, the way he was talking and asking for information, I was like, uh, you know. So mm -hmm. he gave him his order, and then I went and had to clean the lobby and there was this guy who was kind of dopey and big. He was like, like six four, but like, I it it was like he had just like gotten into his body. He was just like all arms and legs and gangly, and he would trip. And he was just you were always having to tell him stuff. So I saw them talking, and I didn't care, whatever. And I, and so he comes up, he goes, oh, he's or the guy comes back and he says, and he calls me by my name, and I'm like how did you know my name? And he goes, oh, your colleague such and such told me. And I was like, oh. And I was like, why did you tell him my name? He goes, well, because he came up and said, oh, your colleague Oswald. And I was like, Oswald, that's Jerry. And I went, oh, okay. So I just let it go. Mm -hmm. So like 15 minutes later, somebody at work goes, Jerry, you got a phone call. And we weren't supposed to be getting phone calls at work. Right. So Because it was like one landline. So yeah. I was like, oh, God, is it something with family? So I picked up hello, and it was this guy. And he was like, hi, my name's so-and-so. I just saw you. You know, I was the black guy that came in and was talking to you. And I'm like, yeah. He's like, I'm staying at a hotel, like, outside of town. He's like, I would love it if you come over. I was like, I, I, I have a girlfriend. He goes, yeah, right, sure you do. He's like, come on, you're so hot, you're so sexy. And I was like, and I just hung up the phone. So, yeah. like. I told somebody, and then, of course, it spread through work that this guy had hit on me. 
well, my mom found out and she said the dreaded thing that everybody says, you know, that you hate to hear when something like that happens. What did you do to make him call, make him yeah. want to call you? And of course you freeze. And I was like, nothing. I didn't do anything. Yeah. You know, I barely even talked to him. There was just yeah. something about him that I was just like, I'm uncomfortable with this situation. I don't like the tone that you're, and it mm-hmm. wasn't like he was saying anything dirty. There was just some right. vibe about him that I just didn't like. Right. And then once in New York, it was at a bathhouse, this skeezy bathhouse called the Wall Street Sauna. And I had a lot of fun there. But there was this one time I'd gone during the day and there was this old man and he had a room and I kind of chit chatted with him a little bit and went back and forth. And he's like, well, come over, you know, come on in. And I was like, you know what? I'll let him suck my dick. There's nothing else much going on. So he he laid me down. He was giving me head. And then all of a sudden he kind of just lifted my legs. And before I knew it, he was inside me. And I was like, ah, uh, uh, I, and it was one of those things of like, oh my God, this is, this is happening. And yeah. I mean, it didn't last for more than five minutes, but I was still mm-hmm. like, oh, wow, this, okay, that just happened. I just had sex with someone that I mm-hmm. had no intention of doing. And it wasn't like he was rough or, yeah. you know, pin me down, nothing like that. It just, it was like, it was so <laughs> just like, what's he, oh, oh. Oh, you know, and, you know, it's not like I felt like I was assaulted or anything. Mm -hmm. I mean, in reality, I was, I did not give my consent. It just happened. But, uh, you know, it wasn't like I felt awful after it. It was just more kind of stunned of, wow, that, that happened to me. Yeah. Wow. It's easy to place blame on ourselves, I think, sometimes. Mm -hmm. Cause you're like, well, I was in a bathhouse. So like, right. it's, it was on me. Um, but I, and I don't, I, my therapist knows about it, but, um, and George, but when I was in right, right after, I think it was right after I moved home from the UK, there was this super like wealthy for Pittsburgh gay couple that would run these naked parties. Mm-hmm. And you had to get invited. And it was like a big deal if you got invited. Um, And so I got invited and I was like really excited. I went, you put your clothes in a garbage bag. Um, They uh, write like your name on you or something and like magic marker, like on your chest or whatever. And so I'm like, at this point I'm like 20, let's see, probably like 23, 24 ish, Mm -hmm. somewhere around there. And so I go and I went with a friend who then left and I got tanked. And like, I know that I definitely drank too much, Mm -hmm. but like it was like the somebody putting something in a drink is not outside of the realm of possibilities. Right. Um, because I definitely, they were like, oh, you need to go lay down. You need to go lay down. You can stay here. It was like in this big, huge mansion sort of house. Um, and then like I was in and out of consciousness and guys definitely were on top of me and just like, shh, shh, no, it's okay. It's okay. And I couldn't do anything about it. Right. And for years I was like, well, Adam, you were at a naked party. You got drunk. what did you think was going to fucking happen? And I mean, that's not 
right. These people <laughs> should have had the common sense to not fuck some passed out dude right. who couldn't say yes or no. Right. Um, so that- did you, ever, did you ever go back? Oh my God, no, absolutely not. Okay. No, I felt, I, it took me a really long time, like I said, until like probably in the past few years to be like, that wasn't hot or fun or like, mm-hmm something that was my fault right so um that not like i said earlier not to bring it down um but i think like i said gay men have this over sexualization like one of the first times i went to pegasus some dude just put his hands down my pants Mm -hmm. and i was like oh i guess this is like what being gay is like right oh that feels good it must it feels good. It's right. It's, it's, this is what I want. Right. And like, no, like the, it's fine. I'm all, I'm like, I'm not trying to slut shame and I'm not saying right. like, cause God knows I have been out there. Like I do want this. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, I am ready for this. Yes. Um, take it out, slap it down. <laughs> we are ready. Um, but in situations where you are out at a bar or you are um, at a party or something like that. And there's that expectation that like gay men all just want to fuck each other. Um, I think it's easier in the whole like me too era and shit like that to be like, Hey, this is not what I want right at this given time. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's such a, there's such a connection of hypersexuality with being gay that sometimes it's hard to realize that you don't have to do things that you don't want to do. And, you know, that's one of the reasons I'm kind of thankful that I did grow up in southeastern Oklahoma and there wasn't a lot of choices there. Mm -hmm. Like most of the guys I just kind of found repulsive, like they were either too country, which I knew I would have nothing in common on the skeezy side Mm -hmm. or they were just so like I just had no interest in them you know, Mm -hmm. that it saved me from a lot of stuff. One of my friends that I went to junior college with, he had said, you know, he came out later than I did, like 25. And he was like, oh, all that wasted youth. And I was like, listen, think about it this way. We did not get in some stupid relationship that kept us in Southeastern Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. We didn't catch anything that we can't get rid of because we fell in love and trusted somebody that we shouldn't have been trusting. Mm -hmm. I was like, and we just didn't do make stupid mistakes with, you know, stupid people because it just wasn't available. You know, we waited till we got older Mm -hmm. and he was like, well, I guess you're right about that. And, you know, sometimes when I hear certain stories about college and, you know, people doing shit like that, I'm like, you know, I, you know, yes, I regret that I don't have uh, Oh, Ricky's just, I aming. are you guys recording? (laughs) Um, Surprise. He, uh, but I'm glad there's a certain part of me that I didn't have to deal with any of that, that I was just um, growing up and mm-hmm. being educated and not having to deal with that on a certain level. There's still a lot of me that's like, I wish I could have had a relationship during that. So I didn't have to, you know, basically be 14 at 28, you right. know, trying to navigate an adult relationship. But I was like 14 years old. Yeah. No, and that's, again, like delayed adolescence and, and a lot of, um, I think, the issues with uh, what 
people I think in their mid to late 20s 30s like that's I'm basically at the point where I think I could have had a healthy relationship in my 20s like with the mentality mm-hmm. that I have now. right so um which is I mean like that's why I got married in my mid 30s because right all of these people who get out of college and they're like oh I found my soulmate like cool like that's really great like I didn't have the opportunity to even explore anything like that until I was in my 20s when my cousins were about to start college or they were that senior year at Christmas before they were going to be a freshman they were like do you have any advice my they asked me and my brother do you have any advice and I said don't marry the first person you sleep with (laughs) and my brother just busted out laughing (laughs) and both of my cousins looked at me like I was like just don't do it don't do it. I was like, fine, do, do other things. If you want to go back and meet them and marry them, that's great. But don't marry them right out to be like, oh, this is my one and only time. And I don't know, about five or six years ago, Allie went, that was the best advice you ever gave me. She's like, because the first guy that I had sex with was just such a dummy. And I was just so head over heels. She's Mm. like, but thank God you told me that because something always told me it's not going to be with him. And we broke up and it was awful. And she goes, and then I met, you know, Tyler, who is her husband. But she's like, if you had not told me that, I can't imagine what would have happened. It's, I mean, I think it's like, there are people that that is like, success that's right. that's for you that's cool right. i am like totally not the person i was when i first started dating people right um, and <laughs> i like people change and people mature and shit like that and i'm sure i'll be fucking different in 10 years or whatever right. but um yeah you need i think a little bit of time and a little bit of space um at least most people do but not knocking if you married a high school sweetheart and y'all still got it going on good for you that's good for you yeah. so this was a pretty serious episode this was should we call it, it a very special episode it's it, this is a very special episode <laughs> maybe we should stop this one and then start another one where we talk about our usual stuff of Fun stuff. pop culture dicks <laughs> Highly. <laughs> like lighthearted dicks. Yes. So thank you for tuning yeah. in to this very special episode. <laughs> Everybody. And if you have comments or questions, because I know that this, like Jerry said, is not necessarily like our usual content. Um, but yeah, if you want to discuss anything or whatever, email us. Um, Jerry pays attention to the Twitter. I don't. Sorry, y'all. Um Ricky's been checking stuff too. So sometimes he'll send us stuff. So please send us an email or send us a tweet or put or post something on the Facebook page. After you read this, tell us your story. Um, let, let us know, you know, I, f- I feel yeah. like this is a subject a lot of people don't talk about or don't like to talk about. Right. And, uh, you know, if, if you need to come clean, come clean. Yeah. This is a safe space y'all. Exactly. All right, everyone. All right. This is Adam. This is Jerry. Bye. Bye. Thank you for getting foul with foul monkeys. And we hope you enjoyed the show. You can send feedback, dick pics, or marriage proposals to foulmonkeys at gmail.com. You can also leave us sexy messages or some really heavy breathing at 863-666-0377. Ask us questions and interact with us on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at foulmonkeys. 
You can also join us over at the Facebook page where things can get really, really dirty. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you soon. Bye. Open on the left at Fullerton. How about Chicago? I could be there.